Yo, Rob Harvilla from 60 Songs That Explain the 90s here to inform you that we are back with 30 more songs because the 90s were super long and had a ton of rad music. Please join us every Wednesday for more 60 Songs That Explain the 90s only on Spotify. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up and with FanDuel you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays or SGPs as the kids like to call them all on one page plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win so download the app today and bet with FanDuel America's number one sports book the ringer is committed to responsible gaming please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details must be 21 plus 18 plus in DC and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit rg help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Chicago everywhere, check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer. A Spotify original. Yeah. 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 How you doing? Good, man. How you doing? Oh, man. Fantastic. Fantastic. How's weekend? How's everybody's weekend? Man, it's good. Just chilling with, um, I had, uh, what did I do yesterday? I already forgot what I did yesterday. That's oh, how good it was. fuck. That's, that's a tough start. Oh, that's that's a tough, oh, oh, I already know, oh, what, you, I know what you did, Jesse. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I know what you did. Uh, That's why I can't remember. Yeah, I can't watch TV. <laughs> we don't need a weekend for that. Come on now, Tom. Kidding me? It was, it was a perfect weekend. That's what. It, yeah. That's what it was. Post pandemic, ain't no rules. <laughs> Even better while we're still in it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, that's the other thing too. Like you know, we we we've been, we've been saying like I know every once in a while I say it and I have to catch myself. Like you know, after the pandemic, like what you mean after this shit? I, the Chicago Sun-Times scares the shit out of me because every day I get 12 emails with big-ass headlines telling me that the city is burning to the ground. And and and, and on Wednesday night, I got an email saying, hey, Thursday is going to be the highest COVID rates or highest COVID activity. You know, Chicago's getting ready to be back on fire again. I'm like, ah, oh, there you go. Yeah, that, nothing like waking up at six fifteen in the morning just to let just to let me know that that the, the plague, the goop, is still around and it's going to be around even harder. So, over uh, doing the Birdman hand rubs, man. Everybody oh my god! Oh cold. my god! You know, everybody's little dirty ass kids running up and down downtown Chicago. <laughs> 
<laughs> y'all can't say that, but I can say that. I'm looking at some of y'all. I boy, I if I'm on Michigan Avenue or State Street and it's 5 36 o'clock and I and I see too many pairs of unwashed boxers and and and, 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 and dirty tank top tees, boy. I know y'all badass kids is running around downtown Chicago. And I listen, I'm making light of it because a lot of people are um are in, in serious, serious issues right now with the amount of young people overrunning the downtown area. Um, but hey, <clears throat> I remember a time when I went downtown and that was just to try to holler at a couple of girls, right? You, you know, get this, get this fake Rolex off that I bought at the Greyhound station. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm 15. You don't think I can afford a 15, $20,000 watch? What's wrong with you? You know, th- these are the things that I was trying to do. I was trying to go to the Taste of Chicago with my man, Jerry. I'll never forget my guy, Jerry, looked me in the face and was like, what's, what's going to be our fake names? I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, wait a minute, man. If I earn the experience of any woman at this event, she is getting my real name, dog. <laughs> First, middle, and last. I don't know if you notice about us here, but we ain't the, we ain't, we ain't the players. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'll be damned if I come up and, you know, find out what's the word with the bird and all of a sudden I got to tell her my name is Jamal. Shit. You are getting first, last, and maybe a social security now. Just to, just, you know, damn, it made me think of something just now. Oh, summers of years past. I'll never forget. Oh, this is going to be so bad. It's going to sound so bad. I set up my first kiss on the phone and I will never, ever forget. Oh. Man, you sold this your this is going to be bad. Oh, I see you. I see you. I see what you did there. Oh, this is bad. Should I? Uh, whatever. Name was Okay. And I were friendly. And I was on the phone with her. I'm working. That magic boy. I'm putting the... If you don't know something about Jay, let me tell y'all. I, you know, I'm like Novocaine. Just, just, <laughs> just set in and just relax. It'll, it'll take over at some point. Hopefully before the pain. You know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna I'm work my number until I can't work it no more. Hell, my fiance, I knew her for a year before I, you know, before anything took place. I went out on a couple of days, played the cool guy role, and she was like, nah, he, he, ain't, he ain't really talking about nothing. I was like, oh, I see. I need to be a demon out here so the second time you know i double back and you know you know but play i've been playing it this way since i was a child like anybody that i really really liked i was gonna slow play it just to show them hey you ain't getting the monster you are getting the gentleman you feel me you are you are getting the s on his chest dude okay so i played it been setting up this situation all summer long she was like you should come over i'm like i know your parents ain't there i know what that means so, Evanston Township High School is one of the bigger high schools in all the state of Illinois in terms of land, right? And there are, there is a Brown Street on one side of Evanston Township High School, and then there's a Brown Street on the other side. The school actually separates, you know, a, a nice little divider line in terms of. I thought you know, we were going somewhere else with that. <laughs> no, don't you worry. Don't you worry. So this was before cell phones, too, by the way. Shout out to all the old heads out here. But this was before cell phones. And I will never forget a summer day where, 
man. She's like, come through. I'm like, what? You say less. You kidding me? <laughs> I've had this condom in my pocket for 12 years now. Ready to use it. <laughs> Shit, shit turn to dust probably in my wallet. But don't, 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 don't let that deter you. So what I did was go on the wrong side of the high school. And the address she gave me wasn't clicking up with the address that I was seeing. Like, it was so crazy. Like, it it legit, like, seemingly skipped a house. Like, say she was on, like, a 811 Brown. <laughs> I saw 809 Brown, and I saw 813 Brown. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. this Did I get taken? But nah, you know me. I'm, I'm going to stick this thing out. I walked up and down that block for 45 minutes, looking at each house, making sure I wasn't getting the wrong number, right? And I'm like, Jay, you're just going to have to do what you got to do. You got to go knock on somebody's door. You got to knock on these doors and see which one she answers. Long story less long, <clears throat> probably about an hour and a half later. At this point, it's nighttime. <laughs> at this point, I've been walking up and down, searching and hunting for this kiss. Um, I get back to the crib. My whole, you know, as a kid, like you got the whole day to kick it, right? The the sun is out, you know, you're doing your thing, your your boys are running around. The we 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 riding the Nile, we riding here, we riding everywhere, right? To go hoop, do whatever. Like just get into shit as kids. Nope, not me. That whole day, it was execute this plan, kid. You, you've, you've had a long enough dry spell. It's time to, time to pick up the bat and start taking a swing here. You know what I'm saying? And boy, when I tell you I got back to the crib, big man. Hit her up on the phone. She was like, what happened? I was waiting for you. Nothing happened. I was like, listen, ma'am, I don't like to be played with. And if this is the start of my relationship life, then I don't like the way this is going. Hung up on her, right? Come to find out she lived on the other side of the high school <laughs> where many a boy had come over and, and found the right address. <laughs> so, yeah, suffice to say, never got that kiss that night. But, yeah, that's what I was on as a kid, right? That's what summers were for. Not you running around downtown Chicago scaring the shit out of white people because that's all y'all doing out here. Like, y'all got, got, got cops out in front of the Louis store, in front of the Gucci store, Van Cleef and Arpels. They never had security out there. What you stealing from Van Cleef, huh? Hey, what are we doing out here? Uh, so, yeah, this weekend was, to me, the introduction to the summer, right? This is our first real summer, summery type of weekend, especially if you're listening to this on Monday, Memorial Day. And I'm, I'm recording this on Sunday. Yeah, this is our first real hot, hot day, right? Like, you felt like summer was around. And I'll be damned if the reason why I watch baseball right now didn't go down in game two of the Crosstown Classic. Let me say this. Let me say this really, really quickly. <sighs> Boy, watching those two games as a White Sox fan, and I'll ask you this, Tony, because you, you got the temperature of the city. Which fan base do you think feel, feels better about their product right now? The Cubs. And it's striking to me. Because Cubs fans are like, oh, look at Christian Morrow or Christopher Morrow. Uh, look at, look at, you know, and Killian's coming up, Brandon Hughes, Justin Steele, right? Like there's, there's, there's some things there. There's, there's a vibe. There's a feeling, although you should be upset because, you know, you, you, your ownership group and, and everybody's crying poor and, you know, money has never really been 
well, seemingly an issue over these last eight, nine, ten years. Now, all of a sudden, it has become one. But yeah, as a Sox fan, the reason why I watch White Sox baseball, and I got to go back to a few pods ago where I was like, yo, he should be playing. You got, you can't sit out the first game of a doubleheader. Listen, man, you sit out whatever game you need to sit out because a groin injury sending Tim Anderson to the injured list. Um, this team is far too, and, and I hope nobody on the White Sox, uh, in the White Sox organization, in the clubhouse, uh, anybody around the team takes this personally. It's a stupid team. It's as simple as that. Game one of this Cubs Sox series, all they did was expand the strike zone left and right. You know what it is? This White Sox team seems like a team that, that feels like it's talented enough to play dumb baseball. You know, game two, you got Ronaldo Lopez after Dylan Cease throw, you know, throws a gem, right? You got Ronaldo Lopez and a couple of guys coming. Ronaldo Lopez is throwing the ball all over the yard. You know, you got the Cubs who are throwing the ball all over the yard and helping you out a little bit as well. But and 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 that the Higgins dude, the backup catcher for uh the the Chicago Cubs, uh, he had a pass ball, but he was sliding and gliding all night long. He was he was blocking balls. Marcus Stroman, you know, he trusted him to get down in the dirt and 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 stop some of these pitches, especially when he was trying to, you know, wipe people out with his off-speed stuff loan away. I'm sitting here watching this game thinking to myself, this White Sox offense should be better than it is. I know Eloy isn't, isn't healthy. I know Luis Robert uh, has seemingly, you know, he, he teases you before he either goes really cold or he gets hurt. But the constant in this thing has been Tim Anderson for the last few years. Tim Anderson, I believe, is number one in shortstops and batting average and hits, I believe, in runs and OPS. Like, the dude is the best offensive player at the position right now in Major League Baseball. So for him to go down and understanding what the Sox record is when they score first and him being the leadoff hitter, uh, this is the other thing, too. Josh Harrison batting in the two-hole in game one, like, it's bullshit. And sometimes you outsmart yourself, some your hunches, whatever, you know, he, his splits versus the pitcher. Fuck all that. Josh Harrison is not who he used to be three, four years ago. Hell, he ain't who he used to be last year. And Josh Harrison looks like the dude, like he still looks like a baller, right? Like I love watching him play. I love watching him walk up to the plate. I love the, the you know. The um, Before I Let Go is the intro music because you got a whole bunch of people on the South Side like, oh, look at this. <laughs> what, what's this new song that they're playing over here? You know, you can always tell when there's an addition, right? You know, Bridgeport, <laughs> Bridgeport perking their ears up like, what is this weird jungle music coming from Guaranteed Rate Theater? <laughs> what, what is the cadence on this, this, this up-tempo... <laughs> Melodic, you know, accompaniment that this young man is coming three and four. Like, yeah, yeah, you know the vibes. You know the vibes. Yeah, everybody, everybody clapping to the lyrics. You know the vibes. Yeah, but Josh Harrison looks a lot better than he than he actually is. Right? He's batting in the two hole. Okay, he's batting in the two hole behind Tim Anderson, and, and and mind you, Andrew Vaughn is out here like, hey man, what do I have to do? <laughs> to consistently bat behind Tim Anderson and in front of whoever you deem the best hitter in the, uh, on the team, right? So I'm just, I, I think 
I think it's our fate as White Sox fans to be uh, perpetually um, mistreated by the game, by the organization, by the manager, and by the baseball gods now. Because look at this situation. Tim Anderson, you know, what, what do I have if I don't have Tim Anderson? You got grown-ass men, dudes who I know are um, about that life, who are also Sox fans hitting me up like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my summer if this is going to be it all year. I'm like, oh, man, hey, get off my line with this sentimental shit right now. Like, you know, like, shouldn't you be, like, robbing somebody right now? Like, what was going on with you? I don't know what to tell people about the White Sox. Dylan Cease, a dude that talented, has a 4-2-4 ERA coming into today's game, right? It's because of a couple of blowups against the Yankees and the Red Sox. The man goes out there, pitches a gem. Pitch is an absolute gem. All you need is one. All you need is a couple. And the White Sox offense couldn't string anything together until the end of the game where they get a couple of runs and back-to-back innings, uh, uh, you know, against the Cubs relief pitching. But this thing, at some point, like, we're going to get 65, 70 games into the season and still be saying the same shit that we are saying 20 games into the season. Oh, when the weather warms up, this offense will start hitting. Well, guess what? Now the injuries are coming. You got to bank some of these moments early on in the season. This should have been a two-game sweep of a dead-ass Cubs team who was trying to find its way in terms of retooling and and a bunch of young players and trying to figure out what the trade deadline is going to look like. He's supposed to knock them out the box and start to try to climb back, not back into the situation, because I think the Twins, I think at some point the Twins starting pitching will be their Achilles heel. But come on, man. Like, I... You get a split against against this team. You know, you look how you look against the Boston Red Sox. You look how you look against the New York Yankees. Yeah, at, at some point, and, and last pile was named, that's, how, that's what average tastes like. It's just an average ball club. And now, and now, the and you, and you saw it. You saw it as soon as he got hurt. It's in the fifth inning, when he goes down with that groin injury, the entire team was standing around Tim Anderson. They knew what was up. That dude, yo, I, I don't know as a White Sox fan, um, like Maglio Ordonez and Jermaine Dye, and like there's certain guys as a White Sox fan who I've always appreciated because there's something for the bat flipping, there's something for the act like you've been there before guys, and then there's something to be said for the dudes who can do both, right? The dudes who ain't about no games but also have fun. And I appreciate those cats because man, I, I kind of treat myself, I like to see myself like that, right? Where it's like, oh, yeah, we can have a great time, but we got to get the job done too. And Tim Anderson exemplifies that. And on top of it, he's not only the face of the organization, but he's one of the faces of baseball. So him going down uh, in, in the way that he did, you know, it, it sucks. And you just heard him talking on Bumani Jones' podcast about understanding when to, um, you know, when you've got 100% of 80% or you're 100% of 65% and you're busting it down the line. But you also have to understand that there's 155, 160 games that you have to be a part of. And I understand that. Hell, last year, Luis Robert was told, hey, ground balls, you know, you don't have to coast, but because of your soft tissue issues and your quad issues and your lower extremity issues, we got to make sure that you stay whole. No Tim Anderson for the foreseeable future with a groin injury as well. 
that's that's serious business for the White Sox. And as far as the Cubs are concerned, you know, is this Wilson Contreras' last Cubs-Sox series? Like, those are the questions that Cubs fans are, are wondering right now. I mean, I, I, I'm not, and, and this is why I asked Tony the question, I'm not as upset, and maybe because I don't have as much at stake as Cubs fans do, but I'm not as upset about what's happening with the Cubs right now as some of my Cub fan friends, right? You, you got Patrick Wisdom, you got Frank Schwindel, who, you know, Frank the Tank had to be uh, corrected a little bit, had to be sent down and, and, and brought back up. But you've got some pieces that I think people are going to want, especially in that bullpen, that will add to the retool or the reload. I want Jed to get mad at me. Well, I don't give a shit if Jed gets mad at me. Like, whatever, you know. And by the way, Jed Hoyer, still still waiting for that uh, basketball invite that he, you know, he kind of threw out there about five years ago when I was on the air and we were talking about it. He's talking about the games that they play in some secret North Shore gym. Still waiting on that. Still waiting on Jed. You know, actually, I emailed him shortly after that appearance. Like, hey, you serious? Never got an email back. So that's why he's going to get this work, right? The Cubs have pitching options to trade, and their farm system can be restocked and retooled. And this is this is what it feels like. This is what it's supposed to be. I just understand that the Sox should not be on the same field going 11, 12 innings with that team. Shouldn't happen. There were several moments, especially post-sixth inning, where you could have fired that team up. Shout out to the Stroh Show, Marcus Stroman. He was, he was good. Don't get me wrong. But they helped him out a lot as well. Two walks, two strikeouts over, what, six, seven innings? Come on, man. Like, Marcus Stroman is out there to get the ground ball. He's out there to pick up the ball because he's damn near a shortstop playing pitcher, right? But there was some hittable balls out there. And, and, and while we're at it, the legend of Jake Berger continues to grow. Right? Like, this dude, he's got the cult hero look, right? He's got the meaty face with the beard. He's got, the, you know, he's wearing the Sox hat. He, he just looks like somebody that, that, that a certain section of the Sox fandom can, can get behind and rally behind, right? If you don't, if you don't like the, the finely groomed and manicured Johan Moncada and, and, and you're not with all of Tim Anderson's, you know, hip-hop shenanigans, <laughs> <laughs> then, then, then Jake Berger is one of those guys that I feel can slot right in there for you as a White Sox fan. But he comes up with another big hit, right? And then they'll, they'll look him in the face and be like, all right, so you ready to go back down? <laughs> you, you, ready to, you, ready to, you ready to go hang out in Charlotte or Birmingham once again after you helped us out, if you bailed us out after another time and time again? You know what Jake Berger is? Jake Berger is the dude who you call like, man, all right, so... We uh we can't really get into the spot. We was wondering if you could kick it with us and get us into the spot and also pay for the bottles. And then when we hang out with the girls afterwards, we may call you, okay? So is that cool? And Jake Berg's like, yeah, man. If you just want to take my car, that's cool too. Like, I don't even have to show up. I'll call a promoter. That's who Jake Berger is. He, he reminds me of the dude that that, you know, Poor partiers, because I'm a good partier, but poor partiers go out with because they know he's going to pay for everything and they don't really have to do nothing for him, right? So, Jake, stop paying for everything. Make, make the White Sox do something for you, right? Make them find a position for you out here. But, yeah, man, it was, you know, the Cubs-Sox thing. It, 
you know, you play that cold ass series early on in the year. It's still early in the year, obviously, but you play that cold series early on. Then you get a little two gamer here. It just didn't feel, you know, both teams are average. You know, it's summertime in Chicago. Do you really want to be watching average baseball? Like that's that's the overall vibe I got from this Cub Sox series, and and more trepidation because you've got no Tim Anderson for a couple of weeks now. Now, when it happened. Tim Anderson's not one of those guys who, um, if he's really dinged, or if he's really not dinged, I should say, is going to milk it. Doesn't strike me as that kind of cat. So immediately when he crumbled the way he did, I was like, oh, this is going to be a while. It's going to be a while. And as as Tony puts into the chat, you got the Blue Jays, you got the, the Rays, and you got the Dodgers next three series. So good luck. <laughs> good luck to you. The Blue Jays, who, you know, come with some pretty potent bats, obviously, and the Rays, who have turned, you know what the Rays are? The Rays are the act that you like to think of is only yours, and then you're like, oh, man, they're on their eighth album now, and they've been platinum for a while, and they're doing arenas, so I should probably stop acting like I found them. You know, like, we all got we all got those people where it's like, you know, I was, for me, like, it's Nikola Jokic, right? Like, I remember seeing Jokic very early on in the game, like, oh, this, this dude can, he can play. This doughy mess over here is out here balling. And then, you know, that scoring starts to creep up to around 15, 16, 17 in the game. You're like, all right, he's forever. He's for the streets now. You know what I mean? Like, you're going back on Facebook and seeing your old girlfriend, like, oh, <laughs> the streets got to him. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what's happening here. Like, I'm with it. I am with it. I just... I just don't understand why the White Sox make me feel like this. I'm a fan of sports, and there are very few teams who um, put me in a place of my normal fandom, the fandom that happened before I jumped into this business, the fandom that is fan stuff before the jaded fan stuff, before you see how the sausage is made. And it's Michigan football and basketball, right? It's White Sox baseball. And that's about it. Like, at this point now, people go crazy about the Bears, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going crazy with you, but for different reasons, right? Like, I'm not I'm not upset for the reasons that you're upset, but I enjoy listening to them, and I enjoy talking to you about them, and that's why I got this microphone and you got those headphones, because we are playing our roles. When it comes to the Bulls, I mean, that relationship, I've quit them a couple of times and come back, <laughs> and they've always accepted me, you know? So I'm cool with them, you know what I mean? Man, there's a lot of relationship metaphors in this uh, in this pod. <laughs> I think we're, think we're aiming for a title here, Jesse and Tony, but the, the White Sox have always been, for me, the team that I felt most fulfilled by when they did well, but when they did poorly or average, I'm like, nope. This is why I don't do it. This, 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 this is why I don't, this is why I can't be full fledged fan all the time because I'm gonna sit here and watch three and a half, four hours of a baseball game where you guys are gonna find some way to piss me off and then win in the end to make it feel like ah oh, it was all a ruse. We were just messing with you. We we were just not hitting Marcus Stroman for seven innings to see if you'd stick by us, right? Like. They are the they are the definition of average, and that was with a healthy Tim Anderson. 
That's with Dylan Cease being, what, fourth or fifth in the majors in strikeouts, right? Or, I'm sorry, in the American League in strikeouts. Now, you got no Tim for a little while, right? You're waiting for, you're waiting for guys to fill up this rotation. You're waiting for Lance Lynn to get back. You're waiting for Eloy Jimenez to get back. I know injuries are a part of the game, but the, the mental aspect that I see fall too many times with this team, and especially when you're supposed to have the manager that makes sure that none of that happens, yeah, the, like, at some point, we got to examine what the fuck is going on with the Chicago White Sox. And I know, I know they won game two of this doubleheader, but the, the mental acuity that I need this team to have, throwing behind base runners, you know, uh, poor base running. Um, there was a moment where I believe, was it, was it Josh Harrison who was on second? And Danny Mendick laid down a bunt, if I'm not mistaken. And you got Andrew Vaughn coming up? Like, what are we doing here? He lays down the bunt. Marcus Stroman being a terrific fielder, throws the third, gets him out. Like, it's just simple baseball things. You got a man on second, no outs. You, you got Danny Mendick in there for Tim Anderson. He didn't warm up, right? All right, so best thing, I guess, is to lay down a bunt with one of your hottest hitters coming up after him. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. This team is, is, is flawed in ways that the managerial decision that was made to bring in Tony La Russa because 10 years ago, he was a stickler for the details and, you know, being very specific and, 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 and you know, instinct ruined the day. Well, now all I'm seeing is a team that wins because it's talented. Like, I don't see a lot of managerial wins on this team so far this year. And then some of the decisions that I'm seeing in-game, you know, on top of the fact that the starters are all pissed every time he comes out there because they feel like he's coming out there too early. And then he left Johnny Cueto out there inning too long the other day but still got the win. Like, I'm sorry, man. We we wrecked Jerry Manuel over the Coles. We wrecked, you know, a, a bunch of these dudes over the Coles, rightfully so. Robin Ventura caught his fair share of it, rightfully so. This team isn't as sharp as it should be. And now you're going to see it because you, you got no little Ricky, as Frank Thomas likes to call him, no little Ricky Henderson at the top. Danny Mendick or whoever's going to man that position, I, I'm looking forward to seeing who Tony La Russa believes should be the leadoff hitter while Tim Anderson is out. Tony's going to have to do some real managing now. We're going to see what's up, especially as, as Tony Gill just laid out the schedule. These next three series, you ain't, you ain't dealing with no punks. You're dealing with some very talented teams, some very well-managed teams. And this is the other thing, too. After the White Sox playoff run last year, hey, targets on y'all. <laughs> you ain't sneaking up on nobody. We were talking about 2021, 2020 for a minute. So now it's time. It's here. And as a Sox fan, I'm just sitting back in the cut trying to figure out who's going to let me down next. <laughs> like, where is it going to come from? Is it going to be the injuries? Is it going to be the bullpen? Is it going to continue to be this stagnant offense? Who knows? I do know this, though. 
watching baseball, especially Sox baseball, without Tim Anderson is going to suck. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff after a word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Len Casper, the radio voice of the White Sox. You're listening to the full goal with Jason Goff. So I ask myself quite often, like, am I getting soft? Right? I got a five-year-old kid. You know, I've I've been, I've been, you know, I've I've spun the relationship wheel. Landed on a gym, by the way. Feeling good about life right now. Even though we got into it this last few days. <laughs> Landed on a gym. I know what it is to lose something that you don't want to lose. I don't know what it is to be a professional athlete and lose it. But Dallas Keuchel, for this entire year, has been, he's been playing with fire. <laughs> and he's been throwing gasoline balls at the plate. <laughs> and Dallas Keuchel gets DFA'd. And it, it was apparent, like, every start was a referendum on his career, damn near. And he had a couple of good ones in a row. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, I won't say good ones. He had a couple of sustainable ones. <laughs> a couple, couple, couple starts where you're like, oh, you can, you can still do this, I guess. Then he gets yakitowed time and time again, and we're worried about, is he going to go to the bullpen? Absolutely not. What, what, what position are you going to bring Dallas Keuchel in? And like, all right, go get some outs. <laughs> Shit, you got Josh Harrison out there pitching. So, so you, you're not going to put him in that position. But when a guy loses it, or when a guy's at the end of his run, I always wonder, like, how we should treat it as sports fans. Because the... The sports fan and is like, man, hey, you fucking up my team, <laughs> okay? Like, you done made your money. <laughs> you, 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 you know, you, you've got your acclaim. You've got your fame. You've got, you got, you know, a World Series ring. Cy Young, dude. Like, yeah. But you messing up my summer. You messing up my team. And I think sometimes I think too much about the athlete in this because it's like, yeah, man. But do you know what it is to be able to, to do something at a high level for so many years. Like, think about the last time Dallas Keuchel wasn't the best at what he did. Like, think about the last age that had to be for him, where he wasn't the man. We're talking probably, what, seven, eight years old, right? So we're now talking about how old is Somebody look up how old Dallas Keuchel is for me real quick. We're talking about the age of six or seven years old, 34. being in a little league, and they, they separate themselves. How old is he, Jess? 34. All right, so let's say a good 25-year run of being the man, right? Like, you can't tell him shit. When he is a child, he is playing every position, and the day he pitches, that's y'all ass. Right? Like, like everybody knows when they see the kid, like, ah, oh, he shouldn't be out there with them. Like, this, this is bad for everybody. In fact, get my baby off that field. You know what I mean? Like, you know what it is. You've seen it before. We've all seen when a pro is on the field at a young age, you're like, oh, boy, this is going to be bad for everybody out there. He has been that dude for 20-some-odd years. So fast forward to this week where that time is over, like you saying, hey man, you fucking up my team is one thing, but think about a 25-year run of excellence or dominance or just being the man. Every circle you're in, you are Dallas effing Keiko. Okay? You you're a World Series champion, right? In the Cy Young running a few years in a row there in your prime, 
And all of a sudden, the lights go out. And then you got to figure out what you're going to do with the rest of your life. That's the other thing we don't talk about enough. Imagine at 34, 33 years old, <laughs> the baseball guy is saying like, all right, what you going to do now? <laughs> you're rich. Enjoy your life. <laughs> Hopefully you've made your investments like any athlete. Any, I, I, I think that us as fans, <laughs> and no, I'm not telling you to feel sorry for anybody because, you know, fans are haters. Fans fans are the, the dudes who uh, dudes and girls who, who look at people and be like, ah, they shouldn't be making this much money for a kid's game. No, no, they should. You're just mad you can't make that money. And it's fine because you've probably been mad all your life. This is just the next arena, arena that you're going to be mad in. But just imagine being cold at something for two and a half decades. And then all of a sudden, the light's being turned out on your ass. You can't, anything you throw up there, they are launching. That is, a, man. And he didn't really, he, he didn't really have a spring training to, to, right. to, to find out. He no. had to find out mid-season no. who no. go on no. a World Series run. He was, at the end of the playoffs last year, he was like, whoo, shit, was that just a hiccup? Or is this my life now? <laughs> like spring training, yeah, you find out in spring training because it's long enough, right? You're like, oh, my arm's dead and all that. Nope. <laughs> hey, <laughs> lockout <laughs> to here's the Yankees. <laughs> here's Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton. Go enjoy yourself with your 87-mile-an-hour fastball. <laughs> and your 85-mile-an-hour off-speed stuff. So there's no variance. All that shit looks the same, and all of it is going in the same direction, over your head, fast, right? Yo, can you imagine him? He knew. Like, he knows, like, he's getting hyped up as, like, one of the guys, right, on this, on this, on this roster, oh, on, on that pitching staff. And then he's looking at them like, dog. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> he's looking at the Sox offense as he's walking out to the, hey, hope y'all got it today. <laughs> High five and dudes like, hey, y'all got six in you, right? <laughs> I'm talking about in the first three. <laughs> I'm not talking because I ain't gonna be here and when they start singing, take me out to the ball game. <laughs> I need six runs out of y'all in the first three innings. Meanwhile, Michael Kopech is like, I just need one run every two games. <laughs> that that'd be cool. <laughs> just give me give me half a run a game. That'd be nice, right? But you know. The city of Chicago gets to say goodbye to another old veteran who found his way to the south side at the end of his career. Yeah, the the White Sox are just like a uh, like a you know I, I said Lou Pinella was on the last leg of his vacation tour when he was the Cubs manager. The White Sox have a a run of like you know you know like I, I that you couldn't tell me that Sean Figgins wasn't going to be a White Sox at the end of his career because of the way that that Kenny Williams chased that man around Major League Baseball every time the trade deadline came around. Sean Figgins was, hey, he going to be a White Sox. And, I, and and then at the end there, I was like, you know what? He's 37. It's, it's about time. This is right. This is right for us. You put him on the Manny Ramirez, King Griffey Jr., Bo Jackson mantle where it's like, hey, were you old and cold at one point and you're not anymore? Come on to the south side of Chicago for an exorbitant contract and expectations that you're not ready to fulfill. You feel me? So, yeah, Dallas... We barely knew ye. Uh, I've always had a problem saying your last name. I mean, because <laughs> I, I tread lightly. <laughs> I don't, you know what I mean? You, you mess around. You, you don't you don't finish it with emphasis. Your ass be up out of here. So I, uh, I, I, I wish you the best. I, I hope that this 
cut it out, Tony. I wish you the best. I hope that uh that your heart and 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 dreams come true in your 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 post baseball career. But uh, we all knew it was time. You knew it was time. You know, get checks until you can't get checks anymore. So Dallas, thanks. We appreciate what you've been and what you did, but it's time to move on because you can't pitch anymore and we're tired of watching it. So enjoy the rest of your career, Dallas Keuchel. Time for some commercials. Hey guys, this is Ozzy Guillen and you are listening to the full goal with Jason Goff on the ringer in a spot five. In other brothers in baseball news, <laughs> hey man what the fuck is going on out here like i watched that entire tommy fam two and a half minute clip hey this man is a serial killer this man I, so there was halfway through it and if you don't know <laughs> tommy fam who uh, is currently, is, is Tommy a Cincinnati Red? Yes, he's a Red. He's a Cincinnati, which is why I don't know who he plays for, right? Because if you're watching Reds baseball and you're not from Cincinnati. This is the only yeah. reason why we know. Exactly. But I've always been a fan of Tommy Pham because he was, and, and the moment I saw him as a St. Louis Cardinal, I designated him as the made-up brothers that the St. Louis Cardinals were messing around with. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Colton Wong and Tommy Fan. Like, they, out of nowhere, there'd just be some dude who's hit, like, 320 in the playoffs. You're like, who the fuck is this guy, right? Like, who invited? And then his name is Fam. Like, you, come on. You can't beat that. With a PH, right? It's the blackest name in baseball besides Jazz Chisholm. <laughs> Right? So so I'm sitting there. Is Khalil Green still in baseball? If not, you know, because <laughs> he's always been top three, even though he's a white guy. Right? He's a Reggie Cleveland all-star. Like, <laughs> Willie Bloomquist, Khalil Green. Like, man, where did this white man get this name from? But seriously, Tommy Pham, right? Tommy Pham, apparently, and y'all got to let me know, because apparently slapping people is back. I don't know that it ever left, but it was kind of like it was it was like on the the black market, right? <laughs> like you could go on back page and get like a a used kidney, <laughs> a person, and you could buy someone to slap shit out of somebody for you. Now, since Will Smith <laughs> went on stage and slapped Chris Rock, there has been a string of slappings that we are being um we are, we have been made privy to, and there this one is incredibly uncomfortable for me because Tommy Pham, like, this ain't over um, physical threats. This ain't over somebody talking about somebody's mama or girl. This apparently is about fantasy football. <laughs> and let me tell y'all something right now. If Slapping the shit out of somebody in your fantasy football league is on the table. Well, let me it's gonna be a long winner for a lot of y'all out here because everybody's got somebody in their fantasy football league that either is going to get the shit slapped out of them or needs the shit slapped out of them. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Tommy Pham in in true serial killer mode addressed the media because he slapped Jock Peterson and he just had to get it off his chest. 
Yeah. I slapped Josh. He did some some shit I don't condone. You know, so I had to address it. What was that? Look, you know, we there's some there's some shit that went on in fantasy, you know, but what he forgot to tell you guys too, you know, he said some disrespectful shit in a text message and I called him out on it. So it was regarding, you know, my former team. So it was he, he said some stuff about I just said it plain and clear. Okay. Don't so ask me anything. again. Uh, like even though that's your job. Team, so. Okay. I didn't like that, and I didn't like the sketchy shit going on in the, in the fantasy. We had too much money on the line, you know. So you look at it like, you know, there's a there's a code. You fucking with my money, then you're gonna you're gonna say some disrespectful shit. You know, there's a, there's a code to this. So so yesterday, what happened with the them asking you not to play, and then your yeah, what went into your decision? That's you know getting pressure from MLB. So it was MLB that pressured you? Yeah. Do you expect a suspension? I'm definitely suspended. I'm suspended right damn now. You know how long? I agree to three years. How much contact have you had with Josh? He said from the fantasy football group chat that was the last time. I don't, I don't talk to him. I mean, this was strictly just about, you know, some money. <laughs> winning somebody gambling. Will you or can you appeal? Uh, sounds like if I appeal, it might only get worse. <laughs> when you say three games, does that include last night? Yes. So today, tomorrow, basically the series? The series, yeah. It sounds like they don't want to play the series. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Charlie Goldsmith for allowing us to use that audio. Um, how much money does Tommy Pham uh, make this year? Can, can somebody look up his contract this year for me? Because <laughs> he, the, the fact that the deadpan, very serious, very, this, this is how you know. That man's heart rate did not increase or decrease at all during that line of questioning. That man, if you put his hand out, it was not shaking at all. Um when he said the word disrespectful shit and then sketchy shit on top of it, like, yeah, you don't want to fuck with a guy's money. Tommy Pham is on a seven and a half million dollar contract. I don't know how much money they're talking about, but I pray, I hope, I hope it's some small amount of money. I hope it's like a hundred dollars. I hope it's like $50 because for this man to now lose three game checks just for the sheer principle that someone needed to be slapped and that someone was Jock Peterson. Now I know everybody out there listening is like, oh, Jason, you're condoning violence. Uh, whatever, fam. I am out here enjoying the spoils of baseball story. Okay. Because if I can't keep up with everything on the diamond, I'm definitely going to keep up with people are threatening and then executing slaps from former teammates. Dude's talking about his old team and he got upset. Tommy Pham is the dude you want in your corner, okay? You know that he ain't going to allow nobody to talk crazy about you. He ain't going to allow anybody to mess with your money. And he's got an impeccable hairline. Like, I don't know if anybody won the weekend quite like Tommy Pham did. So. 
Yeah, that was um, that was something to see. And if you're in a fantasy football league with Tommy Pham going forward, leave it. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. Because at some point, you know, fantasy football, trade get vetoed, you know, people start talking crazy. You already know his work, right? <laughs> like, you, you know his resume. You step out of line, you might get Peter rolled. So, yeah, beware of Tommy Pham in any city that he is coming to or playing in. Because a man making $7.5 million with a second-year option for $6 million doesn't find it far-fetched that he has to put the pause on you if you're saying, quote, sketchy or disrespectful shit or, quote, fucking with his money. All in all, I think Jock Peterson learned a good lesson and Tommy Pham was the instructor. The Full Goal with Jason Goff. It's all the time we have for episode 109 of the Full Goal podcast with Jason Goff. As always, we want to thank our production staff of the active Jesse Lopez, the shadowy figure that is Steve Cerruti, and my main man, Tony Gill, and you. We want to thank you guys as well for downloading this thing, subscribing to it, sharing it, rating and reviewing it, whatever you do to it and for it. We appreciate your interaction with this podcast. As always, the voicemail line is open for you, 773-359-3103. We're going to be doing some special things with the voicemail my line going forward. And if you want to jump in at any time, whatever's on your bird, whatever you're thinking, whatever you're feeling, doesn't even have to be sports. 773-359-3103. Make sure it's engaging, entertaining, and it will be uncensored and uncut. So if your job come calling for you, don't, don't, you know, don't put that on us. As always, we want to thank you for hanging out with us here on the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff, brought to you by The Ringer. And of course, Spotify is the gang. We leave you with this. Take care of each other and be safe.